Open your Bibles quickly to the book of Genesis 18. I want to just uh, briefly finish that chapter, and then we're going to move on to a subject I do not delight in preaching in. Um, It may be the worst subject outside of hell that is in the Bible. But I want this intimate time that God had with Abraham, he, he called his friend. God called Abraham three times in the Bible his friend. And if we ever need a friend, we need a friend in Jesus. Amen? And when you read the book of John, he tells us how we can be his friends, and that's by obeying him because we love him. Now, the last start, verse 23 Abraham, of course, is a very praying man. And Abraham drew near and said, Wilt thou also destroy the righteous with the wicked? In other words, God had come to them, two angels with them, Jesus Christ in the middle, the pre-incarnate Christ. That means that that is Jesus before Jesus, okay? Jesus was born in a manger, and then he revealed himself 33 years as a man. But this is pre-incarnation. And when he's seen in the Old Testament, he's seen like this. And we, he didn't know exactly who he was. Eventually, he finds out he has two angels with him. And so they draw near the Lord. You say, well, how do I draw near the Lord? Well, write down Hebrews 10, verse 22, and the Bible talks how you can draw near to the Lord. And and he wanted to be so close to the Lord. So Abraham uh, said, God, you're going to destroy Sodom. I've got a nephew down there. got some other kinfolk down there. And and, and God, I I just want to bargain with you a little bit. Now, God don't bargain real well, but he pacified Abraham here, and Abraham bargained reverently with God, uh, but he knew exactly where to stop. He started at 50, and he stopped at 10. Why did he stop at 10? Here's why I believe he stopped at 10, because he thought surely Lot's family had gotten saved. Surely Lot had won 10 to Christ. You say, where do you get that? Well, first of all, you've got Lot. Then you got Miss Lot. And then you got the two daughters who left with them. That's four, right? And I guess they were Lottie and Bonnie. I don't know what their names was. And then the Bible said he had sons-in-law. So that's more than one, that's plural. So if we just count that two, just just keep going. And the Bible also says he had daughters. And so if you keep going, even if it's just two, but it was probably more than that, and none of them had cared about Jesus Christ. And so Lot had been a pretty much a failure. What spared Lot? What kept Lot from burning up with the whole town of Sodom? Let me tell you what did it. Look at chapter 19, verse 29, and I'm going to show you what saved Lot, what saved Abraham. 
And it came to pass when God destroyed the cities of the plain that God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow when he overthrew the cities in which Lot dwelled. In other words, Lot would have been a crispy critter had it not been for the prayer of his uncle. Folks, listen, there's people out there tonight in your family. There's people out there tonight that you work with. There's people out there tonight that you care about. And the only thing that's holding them here is your prayers. You say, well, they won't let me witness to you. But they can't keep you from praying for them. So you pray. And he prayed. A praying uncle spared Lot. Do you know what's holding back a, a, a lot of churches, I believe, is we have too few of praying Abrahams and too many lots who don't care. Lot ought to have been grateful. You see, he'd gotten trouble. He'd been captured. They didn't have an army big enough to get them back. And so Abraham, with the skill and the power of God, he goes all the way up to the north country in Dan, and he wins the victory and brings them back down and puts and to, to, to where he had run the victory. And Lot's king comes out and says, we'll just give you anything you want. Here's a, he said, I don't want nothing you got. He said, just give my men what's due them. I don't want nothing you got. Why? Because all that stuff was tainted. All that stuff was sinful. All that stuff been used on idols. And he didn't want that. And so Abraham said, nope, I don't want that. I'm a godly man. And so he had saved Lot. You would have thought Lot would have been grateful. But he wasn't grateful at all. He had it not been for Abraham, he would have burned just like the rest. Well, you say, preacher, I know that's good preaching, but what can we do about it? Okay, glad you asked. I don't think you wrote these verses down. Maybe you did last week. If you did, write them down again, all right? Here's what we can do. I've already told you the first thing, and that's pray. The second thing is that we can warn this world. It doesn't matter whether they hear it or not, we must warn this world. Can I get amen? You can find Jude verse 7. We'll give you some insight to that. Isaiah chapter 3 verse 89 tells us that they were so wicked that they was unashamed of their sin. They didn't even care that, that people knew about it and could see it and was aware of it. They wasn't even ashamed of their sin. I think that's where we are tonight. Look up Jeremiah 23, 14, and you'll find that adultery and lies and helping the wicked was another thing that was involved there in their life. And then you also look at 2 Peter chapter 2, verse number 6, and you can just see that when these things are falling upon this world like we're seeing today, we need to be warning people. Warn your grandchildren. Warn your children. 
You say, well, they won't come around me because they call me a Jesus freak. They call me a holy roller. They call me a God, one of those those God crazies. I don't want to go down there for Thanksgiving. I guess we'll have to go down there and hear about Jesus. Well, when they go, make them hear about Jesus. Say a prayer. Let it last 30 minutes because I ain't going to leave that turkey. So if you pray a prayer, lock the doors. And pray a prayer that God had touched their heart. And so I want you to notice that we can warn this world and we can pray that this world will have a fear of sin. Those are two things that we can do. Now let's jump over to chapter 19 and we're going to start chapter 19. Now this is a sad chapter and I... I guess I wish I did not have to deal with this. It's a, I have dealt with it quite often. I, I, when I'm in revival somewhere, if I use this text, I use it in a much different way than I will tonight. Um, I preach, I have a sermon I preach on how 10 people can lose a city. And I want to tell you something. We're coming to the place now where I don't know where we've got enough to keep our cities or not. We don't have enough to keep our country or not. And the day it gets down to the fact that we don't have enough praying and godly and righteous people to keep our country, be sure he'll show and we'll go. Amen? All right, let's look. I'm going to have to um, deal with this sin of homosexuality or as it is known today as the gay lifestyle. Gay used to mean happy, jovial, just good, you know, having a good time. But we're defined, we're taking good words, making them fit bad things. That's one of them right there. Here's what the Bible calls homosexuality. Y'all ready for it? It calls it sodomy. And then it calls it an abomination. There are gay churches. There are gay bars. There are gay conventions. There are gay organizations. There's gay magazines. There's gay lobbyists that are in our senates and house. Hundreds of them march Uh, every year because President Clinton thought it was the right thing to do to give them a gay day. And now he's given them a gay month. Obama gave them a gay month. That tells you something about their morals. See, you may wonder why I'm so, why, why this is such a crucial subject Because the reason is it is an issue in nearly every arena of our life. Some things are not, but this is. First of all, it's an issue in our educational. Right? It is being taught in the educational system. At least it's being allowed and tolerated in the educational system. So it becomes an educational issue. And folks say, well, I was just born like this. No, you weren't born like this. You need to be born again like this. And it's an educational issue, but now that's a political issue. 
You see, this year, there, there were people that ran on the platform of lesbians and gays and transgenders and bisexuals. They ran on that. Hillary Clinton, she pushed that. She thought she could get elected by that. God help us. So in the political issue, it's also a moral issue. You see, now we're marrying men to men and women to women and allowing them to adopt children. What a disgraceful thing. Your hiring practices is being affected. You cannot deny someone who is openly a homosexual or sodom, sodomite. You can't deny them to be hired. Housing, daycare centers, uh, all those kinds of things. It becomes issues in life. That's why I talk about it. And that's why I'm talking about it tonight. It also becomes a religious issue. Because now we have churches that are ordaining homosexuals. Ordaining them. And we have churches that have gay or lesbians as their pastor. Performing marriages. Endorsing the lifestyle. Friend, I'm going to tell you something. In fact, in Washington, D.C., they had a service. I'm not, I, I, when President Clinton was in office and it was a gay service in the church where the, the Bushes went and where Clintons went, and that church was a gay service, and there was gays sitting all over that place kissing on each other and rubbing on each other and hugging on each other, and I, I, I would have puked if I'd have walked into a place like that. I know it ain't right to say puke, but I would have. Wouldn't you? God says about it, and in Genesis 19 is the best place to find out why. Because God never forgot this. Now listen to me. As we go through the whole Bible, you're going to find out God never forgot Sodom. Never forgot it. Because God kept this as a reminder for them not to forget what happened. You remember even when we get over in the, in, the, in the gospel of Luke, and what did he say? Remember Lot's wife. God wants us to remember. 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 6, made them an example unto those who should walk after and live ungodly. Someone has said, and everybody gets credit for saying it. I don't know who said it. Probably some, nobody did. If it did, somebody said it way back there, and somebody took the credit. If God does not punish America and the world, he'll have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. So Jude, verse number 7, is an example of that. The two chief sins that they had here were two, immorality and homosexuality. The sin got its name from the city. Sodom, Sodomites. The sin got its name from the city. 
the sin of Nineveh, you remember, if they had not repented, then there would have been a name probably for them that come out of Nineveh. But they repented, and there was a revival. But in, in, in the sins of Sodom, there was no remedy for them because they would not repent except fire. fire. It was brazen, blatant, bold sin. And when you have that kind of sin in your life, you can expect no less than fire. Now, with me, these were two angels that visited and ate with Abraham. So they go down now to visit Lot. And notice that only the two angels visited Lot. God didn't go. (laughs) He didn't go. Just the two angels went down there, not the Lord. The Lord could have no fellowship with Lot. Angels can't be saved, so fellowship's out for them anyway, right? And so God could not have fellowship with Lot and his family like he could have fellowship with Abraham and his family. Now, you think about that for just a moment. Think about it. Y'all thinking about it? Got your thinking caps on? Okay? Listen, God cannot have fellowship with Lot and his family because of the way they're living. What about your house? But God could have fellowship with Abraham and his family because of the way they were living. Mm, Think about that, folks. I don't know about you, but I want God to. I I want God's peace in my home. I want God's power in my home. I, I, I want God's protection over my home. Bad things happen to good people. But when they do, God has a purpose for it. But you should remember, there's no, as long as you're going through the valley and he's holding your hand, the valley's not nearly as dark. So look, first of all, it was a prevalent thing, verse 1 and 3. It wasn't that one or two shame-faced individuals snuck out of the closet or snuck around in their sin. It was an accepted lifestyle. So, Lot, if he stayed there, he had to compromise politically. Now, these were the same two angels that visited and ate with Abraham, but notice that only the two angels visited, not Lot, not the Lord. The Lord could have no fellowship with Lot and his family like he did, so the Lord could not fellowship. So here he is. Here they are, those angels down there with Lot. He is absolutely scared to death what's about to happen because he knows what kind of city he lives in. So he compromised politically, verse number 1. Look at it. In chapter 19, he compromised politically. And there came two angels to Sodom at even, and Lot sat in the gate of Sodom. That meant he was one of Sodom's leaders politically, where political decisions was decided, was where every decision was decided. And that's where he was. And Lot, seeing them, rose up to meet them and bowed himself with his face toward the ground and said, Behold, now, my lords, turn in, I pray you, into your servant's house and tarry all night and wash your feet and you shall rise up early and go on your way. And they said, No, we will abide in the street all night. Uh Uh-oh. And he pressed upon them. He pushed upon them. 
And they turned into him and entered into his house, and he made them a feast, and they did eat unleavened bread. You, you, you see, this thing, he had compromised. He had been surrounded by filthy-minded men, and they said, Lot, we'll vote for you if you can accept this. And Lot said, I'll accept this. So they voted for him. Lot had to accept all that filth to get elected. But he did. And I've been hammered for preaching on politics. If you take politics out of the Bible, you ain't got much Bible left. The Old Testament is full of it. Nothing but it. So I'm going to tell you something here. When you've got an immoral sin like sodomy, it will cause you to compromise politically. It will cause you to collapse criminally. Look in verse 2 and 3. Lot knew what went on in the streets at night. Crime and corruption made it unsafe. So he begged these heavenly visitors to come in. Even now, there are many places we better not be after dark, right? I mean, there's some places you don't want to be after dark. In fact, there's some places you don't want to be in daylight. But you, there's some places you just flat don't want to be after dark. And the streets of Sodom was one of them if you had an ounce of morality about you. It was accepted by the city. There was no policeman to stop it. Uh, cry all you will. There wasn't any policeman to stop it. But secondly, not only was it prevalent, it was perverted. Verse 4 and 5. Look at it. It was a perverted thing. But before they lay down, the men of the city, even the men of Sodom, y'all listening? Even the men of Sodom compassed the house round both old and young you hear that? Old and young, all the people from every quarter, and they called in the lot and said to him, where are the men which came unto me this night? Bring them out to us that we may know them. These filthy-minded, perverted, corrupt sodomites surrounded Lot's house and said, we saw those two new men come into town. We want to welcome them with our immorality. So they collapsed. It was a, so perverted here with their filthy passions, so warped, so hellish in this sin. They were worse than dogs. Look up Deuteronomy 23, verse 17 and the Bible calls them dogs. So let's see God's thoughts, criminal acts. Let me tell you something. It was a capital crime. If you were caught in, in, um, among the children of Israel, if you were under the law and you were one of God's children, and in the Old Testament you were caught in an act of immorality or an act of sodomy, you were killed. So where did I find that? Look up Leviticus 20, verse 13. Leviticus chapter 18, verse number 22. It was punishable by death in the Old Testament. 
Here's the second. It's a contagious crime. When you look at Romans chapter 1, verse 27, morality don't just all of a sudden pop up on us. Morality starts down slowly and slower and slower. And then, and next thing you know, you're at a place you thought you'd never be. And it just keeps going down, down, down. Are y'all seeing this? It is a contagious crime until it reaches the lowest of low. And that is sodomites. And you can see it in Romans 1.27. How sad to be gay. Mm. The awful sin is affecting our children and ruining many other children. See, your child is being taught that they should not, they, 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 they call it prejudice. They, they, they call it homophobia. Let me tell you something. I have had six in my office. I love them. I want to see them saved. And I've seen them weep, crocodile tears come out of their eyes. But not one would turn away. They just couldn't turn away. And most every one of them, you know why? That they had turned to such an immoral act as lesbianism. Here's why. Because some man had mistreated them so badly that they was not going to have a man in their house. They had rather have a woman in their house. Now hear me. Sorry men has created Sorry women. If you don't believe it, read Romans chapter 1. And you'll find out how it starts and just flows down like, like water. And, and it was a condemned crime in Romans chapter 1 verse 28 through 32. They not only committed this act with full knowledge of its judgment, they wanted to take everybody down with them. I can remember seeing that, just seeing clips of it on the news of that first gay parade that they had. I believe it was in New York City. I'm telling you, it was the most filthy. It was the most sickening. I only saw two minutes of it, and I wanted to go to the bathroom and throw up. See, they, they want to take you down with them. They want to make it look like it's okay. And do you know that the average homosexual has over a hundred partners in his life? And see, it's a condemned crime, but it's a progressive crime. It corrupts men and, and progresses through their life, and it crumbles the morals, verse number eight. You, you can see in, in, in chapter 19, verse eight, well, let's just look here. Let's just see how bad they, they were. 
they called unto Lot and said, where are the men which come to thee this night? And Lot went out the door and said, said, no, I pray you, brethren, do not wicked. Behold, now I have two daughters which have not known man, two virgin daughters. Let me, I pray you, bring them out to you and do ye to them as is good in your eyes. Only to these men do nothing. For therefore came they under the shadow of my roof. And they said, stand back. And they said again, this one fellow came into sojourn and he will need to be a judge. Now we'll deal worse with thee than them. And they pressed sore upon him. Do you see what he's doing? The lot wants to keep his position so bad, he's willing to give up his two virgin daughters to a bunch of perverted sodomites and mixed in with them bisexuals and all kinds of things just if they won't mess with the angels. I'm going to tell you something. I'd had my shotgun out splattering them all over the street, wouldn't you? You say, what are you trying to get at? I'm trying to get at they want your kids. Kids, they want you. You hear me? They want you. They not only want you, they want your mind. They want you to think like them. They want you to believe like them. They want you to fall like them. They want you to be dirty in their heart like them. They want you to be with no peace in your heart like them. They want you to be lost like them. They want you to go to hell like them. Mm. Don't do that. Don't do that. Because sodomy has come to... I think the family falling apart is what has caused much of it. Children seeing their mothers and daddies fighting and fussing and and before long, there's divorce, and then there's a fight over the children, and a, who gets this one, and who gets that one, and 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 who's going to pay for this, and who's going to pay for that, and 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 then 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 you find that they take it to court, and they're in and out of court, and, and you're seeing that everywhere you go, and finally these kids said, "We don't want a home like that," so they rule that filthy man out and join the feminist movement so when you see homosexuality open and prevalent you can be sure every other moral fiber is falling apart would you all write that down when you see homosexuality open and prevalent you can be sure every other moral fiber is falling apart You can read Ezekiel 16, verse 49 through 50, and you can find some of that. They were proud, pride. God resisteth the proud, the Bible says. The Bible even says they were lazy. And the Bible says they were too greedy to share with others. Folks, listen, all we're hearing is economy, 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 
economy. We need our economy to go up so we can have more jobs and make more money. And instead of us hollering economy, 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 we ought to be calling morality, morality, morality. Because morality will mess up your economy. This immorality has messed our hand of God upon our nation. As a result of it, there's a constitutional madness that takes place like it had in Sodom. Everything was legal. But it's a perishing thing. Let me hurry right quick. Uh, It's a perishing thing. We'll pick it up in verse 14. Look at verse 13. Destruction's the only care. It, it, It seems that Verse number 13, for we will destroy this place because the cry of them is waxing great before the face of the Lord, and the Lord has sent us to destroy it. Why? You see, he didn't send them down there to preach. He didn't send them down there at all to preach. He sent them down there to destroy it. Y'all with me? So, this perishing thing was brought about by the sodomy morality going from where God wants us to be to about as low as we can. And then the Bible says that God made them blind. Here's what God will do. The Bible says in Romans chapter 1 says he will give you up. You know what that means? He will give you up to a blind lifestyle and you'll never see the truth. He'll give you up. I wish I didn't have to say that. But when God destroys, he first makes blind. We're almost blind in America. We barely can see. God makes us blind, there's judgment on the way. Now, you can write down some of the verses as we go, but um, I'm going to stop right there tonight because I don't want to, I want to be able to pick it up next week and and go on from there and look at this thing. It it, it is a filthy thing, folks. I don't don't enjoy doing this, but here's what I want to say to you tonight. If you're sitting here and you ever had any thoughts like that, Don't you put yourself down. Just because you've had a thought that's wrong, just because you've had a temptation that's wrong, just because somebody's tried to lead you wrong, maybe even you participated in something wrong, that does not mean there's no hope for you. The one God gives up is the one who just keeps pushing God away and pushing God away and pushing God away until finally God says, you don't want me? I'll give you up. So listen, if you've messed up, if you've been tempted, if you've had thoughts, God loves you, he wants to save you, and I don't care what you've done or how low you've sunk, Jesus Christ died for your sin. And he rose again to prove he could give you a new life, a life different, changed by the power of God, and take you to heaven someday where you'll forget every bit of that. And all things will become new. Is there anybody here tonight 
It's just had a fleeting thought, and it's bothered you. You say, I shouldn't have had that. Oh, listen, Satan don't sit still. He likes to throw those, shovel those thoughts into our mind. He does. And immorality among our young people seems to be just as natural as it can be. Just as natural. We don't think anything about it. We don't think it ought to be disciplined. We don't think there ought to be a problem. We think that we ought to just let it go on. But I'm telling you, when we let it go on, it goes on to something worse. So tonight, if there's anybody here that needs to get right with God, Jesus loves you so much. Listen, I was rotten, no count, sorry. And God took me. Or some other people could stand up tonight and say they were rotten, no count, and sorry, and God took them. Can I get a witness? And so tonight, God will take you. He loves you. He wants to change you. All you have to do is, God, I, I hate this mess I've gotten into. I hate what I am. I don't like what I am. God, I want to turn from it. Will you help me? And God says he will grant repentance unto life.